are listening to the Thornapple Valley Church Podcast. Thank you for joining us. Our hope is for you to be encouraged and to connect with God during this message. If you'd like to know more about Thornapple Valley Church, visit tvcweb.com. It's such a privilege being with you, and it's also such a privilege being with those of you that are watching us online. God is in the blessing business, and God is in the loving business, and God is in the demonstrating His compassion business. Can you say amen to that? That's what our service is going to be about today. But before we get started with that, boys and girls, I don't know if you've heard the story about the pastor who was preaching on self-control and he was very passionate and he started railing and he said, if I had all the beer in the world, I would take it and I would throw it in the river. And then he railed back and he got really fired up and he said, and if I had all the wine in the world, I would take it and I would throw it in the river. And then he yelled, he got back and he says, if I had all the whiskey in the world, I'd take it and I'd throw it in the river. And then he sat down in his seat, song leader came up. And he says, would you join me in hymn 358, Shall We Gather at the River? (laughs) So God has given us this tremendous thing in which we can be in relationship with him. It is the concept of prayer. What I'm wondering is, Have you ever prayed a prayer that did not get answered? One person has prayed a prayer that did not get answered. Okay, so in in 2 Chronicles chapter 7 verse 14, it says this, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn away from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. How many of you believe we could use some of that today? Amen. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray. We could just stop and do a whole sermon on that, or I could just say amen, and you could leave. But we can't do that, okay? So Jesus thought that prayer was very important too, and so in Matthew chapter 6, he actually gives us the formula for prayer, and it is a formula that is given an assurance that your prayer will be answered but it's a little bit different formula than we normally think of when it comes to prayer. He says in verse 5, And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Prayer is not a competition on putting the best vocabulary together. Amen, said all the people that don't think they can put the best vocabulary together. 
Prayer is not about me being able to say all the right things and to be seen by all the right people and to be considered to be a very spiritual person because I know how to pray better than someone else. God says, I'm not interested in that. I'm not interested in your vocabulary. I'm interested in your heart. Two people said amen. Okay. Truly, I tell you that they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and close the door and pray to your Father who is unseen. Go into your room and close the door. Now, for us today... That's not as big a deal, but in the ancient world, it was a huge deal because most of the homes consisted of one room. So there was no place to go. And most of the houses had a cloth door or some sort of a rubber on the door, and there wasn't a door that locked or anything like that. So going to a private place and finding a place to pray is what Jesus is encouraging people to do. But in our day, we got plenty of rooms. The question becomes, is there room in our lives for prayer? We have plenty of rooms in our day. The question is, is there room in our hearts to establish a place of prayer? So Jesus says, go into your room, your father who sees what is unseen, and then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you openly. And then he says, and when you pray, Don't keep on babbling like the pagans, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask. And you ought to be thinking at this point, then if God already knows what I need before I ask, then why ask? Say amen, somebody. I know you thought of this before. So why ask in the first place? I want you to know that God is the almighty. God is the creator of the universe. And God is inviting us into a relationship. God is the omnipotent one. He is the all-powerful one. He is the all-knowing one. He is the all-present one. But he is also the intimate one. And prayer is an opportunity for us to come into intimacy with the creator of the universe. He wants to develop a skill, and prayer is a developed skill of being in an intimate relationship with the God of the universe. Somebody, somebody over there. Yeah! I need some help with this sermon. So, he says, this then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Our Father in heaven. I want you to know that it's very important for us to get the concept 
that God is not just the all-powerful one. He's not just the ancient of days. He's not just the unmoved mover, but he's also a father. And there are strong implications of seeing God as a father. Because if God is our father and God is in heaven and he is the unmoved mover and he is the omnipotent one, then there is some indication that if he's our father and we are his children, that this world is not your home. You're just a pilgrim passing through this world. And if God is your father, then therefore this is not your home and your home is in heaven. Jesus says, in my father's house, there are many mansions. If it were not so, I would tell you, but I go and prepare a place for you. Prayer is an opportunity to get a realignment on the reality of life and discover that God is your father. You're not just a piece of matter. You're not just an accident. You are the created one of the creator of the universe, and he is your intimate father, and he wants to be in an intimate relationship with you. Shout amen, somebody. And he says, hallowed be your name. Hallowed mean that there is no end to him. Hallowed mean that as far as you go, you will never be able to fathom all that God is. God is not just something that we can put a definition on, but he is so great that there is no end. There's no end to his understanding. There's no end to his love. There's no end to his knowledge. He is hallowed. And when you begin to discover the intimacy of the knowledge and the unendingness of God, you develop a bigger perspective of who you are, why you're here, and what your purpose is. Listen, there are so many people trying to find their purpose by looking within themselves or looking at others. Some, so many people are trying to find their purpose by looking at who they are and looking at who they are in relationship with other people. But if you truly want to find your purpose, you're created in the image of God, and it's not until you get a better view of God can you ever possibly get a better view of the meaning and purpose of life. Tough crowd this morning. Tough crowd, tough crowd. So he says, your kingdom come, your will be done. Wait a minute, when, when am I going to get the ass up? I mean, I got my list, God. My kingdom's in trouble. I got some things that are wrong in my kingdom. He says, listen, I need you to first pray that my kingdom come. Your kingdom come, your will be done. We still haven't gotten to ask anything yet. Jesus said it this way, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things, they'll be added unto you. 
Jesus said in the Garden of Gethsemane, Father, if it be thy will, let this cup pass from me. But not my will, thy will be done. Prayer is declaring his greatness and surrendering your will. Let me say it once again. Prayer is declaring the greatness of God and surrendering your will. That's the prayer that God will always answer. Okay. So then he says, on earth as it is in heaven, give us our daily bread. Give us today our daily bread. Now, from the looks of it, we're doing pretty good with the daily bread, amen? <laughs> Not picking on anybody here now. But in the ancient world, the daily bread was much of a bigger deal than it is today because there were so many people that getting their daily bread was really a challenge. And as a matter of fact, when the children of Israel were in the wilderness, God spoke to them and says, the day is going to come in which you're going to have all, uh, so much daily bread. As a matter of fact, you're going to have so much bread that other nations are going to come to you and seek bread from you. And he says, in that day, you need to remember that you're just as dependent on me in that day as you are in this day. We have to remember that we are totally dependent on God for the bread. Bread is life. Bread is the life. And we need God as much today as the day in which we don't have anything at all. So Proverbs 30 says it this way, and this is another prayer that you could actually remember. It says, keep falsehood and lies from me. Give me neither poverty nor riches, but only give me my daily bread. Don't give me poverty and don't give me riches, but only my daily bread. Verse 9 tells you why. Otherwise, I may have too much and disown the Lord. I may say, who is the Lord? I'm sure you've run into people in your life that the more that they got blessed, the more options they had, they suddenly didn't have time for God anymore. You can get so many options with your daily bread, with your daily life, that suddenly now God just becomes something that happens when things go wrong. I want you to know that life is a very fragile affair. Most of the things that we trust in and we believe in, they're very fragile and they're here today and they're gone tomorrow. And we have to realize that we are totally dependent on God. And when you get a lot, the thing that you got to watch out for is entitlement. You suddenly start believing that you're entitled to stuff. I mean, I'm entitled to things. I'm an American. I'm entitled to certain things. It should be a particular way. The power goes out. Power shouldn't go out on me. Amen. 
You want to see how fragile life is? Call somebody in Kentucky today. Nobody thought about that a week ago. Talk to someone whose health has failed. Talk to someone who just got a diagnosis from the doctor. Life is far more fragile than our made-up world tells us it is. But God is saying, I need you to get into a surrendered posture. And I need you to realize that everything that you have is a gift from me. Okay. And then he says... He says, otherwise I might have too much and disown you and say, who is the Lord? Or I may become poor and steal and dishonor the name of the Lord. So it's not good for me to have too much, and it's not good for me to have too little. I need to have what I can manage. God, don't give me more than I can manage. Don't give me more that I don't want to have so much that it messes me up, and I don't want to have so little that it causes me to do something to dishonor your name. And then he says, and forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. Now, this is the hardest part of the prayer. And forgive us our debts as we've already forgiven our debtors. Let me say it a different way. And forgive us for our sins as we have forgiven those who've sinned against us. This is a part of the prayer that's got a catch to it. And I don't know about you, but I'm not so crazy about catches. God says, listen, if you don't go ahead and forgive people ahead of time, your prayer won't be answered. Philip Yancey said it this way, God was in Christ announcing forgiveness for sin ahead of time. So if God is willing to forgive us ahead of time, who are we to hold someone else's debt against them. But as human beings, we have this tremendous problem. We break things. We break promises. We break hearts. We break relationships. We're really, really good at breaking things. This is the problem with forgiveness. You mean I got to forgive somebody who hasn't even asked for it? I got to forgive someone and they're not going to change? They might, they might possibly do it again? And you're telling me that I got to do it ahead of time? Can't you see the scar I got from what they did to me? And God is saying... I didn't say it. God is saying that if I don't let that go, he won't let what I did go. Okay, I'm going to get off of that real fast. 
And then he says in verse 14, For if you forgive others when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. That's potent. And let me say this to you. Until you can do this, you can't go any farther in prayer. This is as far as I could take you. We can't get to the temptation part. Then he says, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Why do we end up in temptation? Because we refuse to surrender. We refuse to submit. We refuse to humble ourselves. We refuse to forgive. That's what leads us into temptation. Not sure the devil's involved in all of us. We can't let him off of the hook. He's definitely involved. But I'd like to ask you a question. Who leads you into temptation? How do you get led into temptation? Why do you get led into temptation? What's behind you getting led into temptation? And I just want to submit something to you. That is, at the scene of the crime, for all of the temptations that you've gotten led into, you've been there. Let me say it over here. (laughs) At the scene of the crime, for all the temptations that you've been led into, that obviously if somebody hadn't dropped you or hurt you or broke you or left a scar on you, we're acknowledging all of that. I know all those things happen, but at the scene of the crime, you and me have always been present. I need to submit. I need to declare his greatness and then I need to submit my will. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. That's the prayer God wants to answer. But is that the prayer we're praying? And I'm not saying that you can't bring your lists and all of that just like Jesus did. Father, if it be thy will, let this cup pass. But then he says, but not my will. Thy will be done. Now here's the challenge. Some of you got somebody that you need to let their debt go. Can't do it right this minute. But you need to get in contact with them. And you need to forgive the debt. It could be the thing that's blocking your prayers from being answered. You want to be deep? You want to grow? You want to be deep in God? Deepness is submission. Deepness is surrender. Deepness is doing what your master asks you to do because this is the one way that you can be exactly the way he wants you to be and he wants you to see him the way that he is and as you do this every day you'll see him better and you'll see him better and you'll see him better and as a result you'll see yourself better 
And as you see yourself better, you'll see others better. Prayer is a skill. So I'm challenging you, within the next week, let somebody's debt go. Let someone's debt go. You're not God. It's not your job to hold the debt. Free them. Because in freeing them, in freeing them, you could be the one reason why they can't come into a relationship with God. And we can't say, God, I love you, I love you, I love you. And then we don't love his kids. To refuse to forgive is to refuse to love. And to refuse to love is to refuse to be surrendered. So in this next week, this is the challenge. This is the challenge I'm giving to you. Let somebody, set somebody free. Set them free. All right, in closing, we're going to do something a little bit different. Can you all stand with me? And I want you to repeat the prayer with me. And we'll do it all together. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Listen. I challenge you to pray this prayer every day next week. And when you find yourself trying to pick the debt back up, say the prayer and put it down. Amen? All right, God bless you. Thank you for having me here today. Thank you for allowing me to be here with you. Thank you also to those of you online. God bless you, and have a marvelous week. You're dismissed in the name of Jesus. Thank you for listening to the Thornapple Valley Church Podcast. If you found this message encouraging, we invite you to share it. For more information, visit tbcweb.com.